you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Monday, November 13. Teachers will be taught how to control rowdy classrooms as federal ministers grapple with a chronic shortage of staff. They've agreed on a new framework to help educators get kids into line, including placing desks in rows. And they've ordered universities to include classroom management skills in all education degrees. Foreign Minister Penny Wong has said Israel's bombardment of hospitals must stop, even though terror group Hamas uses them to hide underground military facilities. It's prompted a furious response from Jewish groups who say the government is demonising Israel and lending credibility to a false narrative that Israel is committing war crimes. In today's episode, we go inside Gaza's biggest hospital and explore the growing wave of anti-Semitism and fear right here in Australia. Before we start, this report contains some distressing details. On the weekend, the Palestinian Ministry of Health released vision of horrific scenes inside Al-Shifa Hospital, where thousands of civilians had congregated. Al-Shifa is the largest hospital in Gaza, in the north of the strip of land that borders Israel and Egypt. It's right in Gaza City. And it's where Israel says Hamas has hidden its command headquarters, buried beneath the hospital. The Israelis say this is part of Hamas's strategy of using civilians, especially hospital patients, as human shields. The video is narrated by a hospital worker in scrubs and he walks past beds, gurneys and stretches on the floor where patients, including children, lie. Most of them aren't moving. Some appear to be breathing with difficulty. This is a martyr, says a man sitting with a child's body. The medical worker says this child was martyred because there's no medical care and his older brother is taking his last breath as well. There's blood all over the floor. We see a man carry a small child's body, maybe seven or eight years old, wrapped loosely in a white sheet. He says this boy and his brother died in the bombardment of Al-Shifa's outpatient clinics. He takes the body into a courtyard filled with body bags, unzips one and gently places the child's body into the bag next to another child. Authorities in Gaza and international aid organisations say Al-Shifa and other hospitals are coming under direct bombardment from Israeli missiles and are surrounded on the ground by Israeli infantry forces. Footage has emerged of tanks in the streets surrounding other Gaza hospitals too. Over the weekend, Israel announced it would assist the evacuation of babies from paediatric wards. Israel has also announced daily four-hour pauses in its bombardment to allow civilians to head south, further away from the northern regions where Israel says it's focusing its attack. 
social media footage shows a column of thousands of weary families walking south, including toddlers and elderly people in wheelchairs. Drones can be heard overhead, and there's a distant explosion. But nobody flinches. They just keep walking. And that's why, around the world, this is happening. London, Paris, Manhattan. We're seeing an escalation in the protest movement that's been sparking to life ever since October 7, when Hamas terrorists came out of Gaza and massacred up to 1,400 Israeli civilians, and Israel announced its intention to wipe Hamas out. In Melbourne on Friday night, Palestine and Israel supporters got into a fistfight. Stay back! Stay back! In Sydney, police diverted a motorcycle convoy from Western Sydney away from the heart of the Jewish community in the eastern suburbs. And on Sunday, big city demonstrations from both pro-Israeli groups, holding up images of the more than 200 hostages held prisoner in Gaza as music played, and pro-Palestinian groups. Most of it's relatively mainstream, but there is a very nasty radical fringe element that is clearly anti-Semitic. Cameron Stewart is the Australian's national chief correspondent. He's talking about the signs being held at the pro-Palestinian march in Melbourne on Sunday. They've got an image of a man throwing the Jewish Star of David into a rubbish bin, you know, get rid of rubbish. Also, signs comparing what's happening in Gaza with what happened in Auschwitz, the extermination camp, where 1.1 million Jews were killed. I mean, you know, it's it's some outrageous stuff that is definitely anti-Semitic, and I'm surprised that the police haven't moved in on some of those fringe people. CAMS reported Jewish organisations saying they're recording their highest ever reports of anti-Semitic behaviour including physical attacks. Two young Jewish men were punched in the face by a group of Middle Eastern appearance uh, who said they were in Corfield because of the protest, a restaurant in Sydney that had graffiti, anti-Israeli graffiti on it, and a uh, rabbi's house in Newcastle was also defaced. So around the country we're seeing an uptick, which is a huge concern, obviously. In your reporting about the rise of anti-Semitism and in your long career of reporting on international affairs, what's your view about about anti-Semitism? Is it something that's just latent in Western society and it flares up every time there's you know, an intensity of conflict in the Middle East? Or do you think there's something else going on here? It's always been here in Australia, but this has really triggered it in a way that we haven't seen because pro-Palestinian demonstrators Uh, Some of them really don't distinguish between the politics of Israel and the Jewishness of somebody. There's a distinction there that is not made. They blur the two of them. And that's where you see the anti-Semitic behaviour. You see harassment of Jews for being Jews because these people don't agree with the policies of the Israeli government. And it's ironic because many Jewish Australians are very critical of, for example, of the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who has been, you know, quite destructive towards some of the peace issues in the Middle East, for example, uh, putting an enormous amount of Israeli settlements into the West Bank, which reduces the chances of a two-state solution. So a lot of Australian Jews actually don't like the Netanyahu government, but they're getting blamed for politics of Israel. 
After the break, police arrest a man for threatening to kill Jewish leaders in Sydney and why Australia is hardening its stance on Israel. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers to The Australian woke this morning to a shocking image in a story broken by Cameron Stewart. It's from the rise of the so-called Islamic State terror group, which swept across the Middle East in the mid-2010s, taking over a huge swathe of Syria and brutally persecuting women, ethnic minorities, gay people, aid workers and journalists. Islamic State was defeated, but many fighters and sympathisers are still in the community, even here in Australia. Australia's peak Jewish body, the Executive Council of Australian Jury in Sydney, received an image, a direct message to them on their Instagram, and it had an image which maybe some of your uh, listeners would know of. It's an ISIS Islamic State terrorist holding a knife about to behead a captive who is in an orange jumpsuit. That was sent to the two Jewish organisations with the words, we are coming after you from Western Sydney. The police investigated and that person has subsequently been arrested. You know, that's a very extreme case, but it's a pretty ugly example of what we're talking about. New South Wales police said a 33-year-old man had been charged with behaving in an offensive manner in a public place, using a carriage service to threaten or kill, and three counts of using a carriage service to menace and defend. He was refused bail and is now in custody awaiting a court hearing on the 10th of January. The federal government has changed its rhetoric since the October 7 attack. Initially, Anthony Albanese was quick to say that Israel had a right to defend itself and that Israel had a right to exist. Now, Foreign Minister Penny Wong is inching closer to condemnation of Israel. Here's Penny Wong on the ABC. How Israel defends itself matters. Uh, And when we affirm Israel's right to defend itself, what we are also saying is Israel must comply and observe international humanitarian law. Now, we know Hamas is a terrorist organisation. It's demonstrated that it has no respect for international law, but Australia is a democracy and so too is Israel. And the standards that we seek and accept are higher. Uh, And international humanitarian law is very clear about the principles that need to be applied by Israel. They are distinction, they are precaution, and they are proportionality. The Labor government has increasingly crab-walked away from its support of Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza. They're getting more upset. We're seeing that, of course, to a degree across the Western world. We've got uh, French President Macron being very openly critical of Israel's conduct. But the Labor Party is very much caught between its support for Israel, its pro-US support, which of course the Biden administration is very supportive of Israel, and it's also caught the Labor Party uh, between its rank and file, which um, have always been very uh, sympathetic to the Palestinian cause. And so the government, the Labor government, is finding itself 
walking a very, very fine line and it's sort of wobbling on that line actually. It's a difficult one, Cam, isn't it? It made me think of the debate that still rages among historians about the Allied response to Germany in World War II, widespread bombing of civilian targets in Germany itself, places like Dresden were absolutely levelled. How do you think we should think about Israel's right to attack Hamas and the civilian casualties that are resulting from that? I think that with Israel and Gaza, that it's not being seen through the same prison. There just isn't that general tolerance for so many civilian deaths. I mean, even the Americans who have been very supportive of Israel have still, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, just over the weekend said, there have been too many deaths. We must do more to reduce the deaths. So Israel is almost alone in not making many comments about the number of civilian deaths. But there is no sign clear whatsoever that Benjamin Netanyahu is slowing down. I mean, they have had a a four-hour humanitarian pause in the fighting during each day in Gaza to try and let civilians out. So Israel is uh, trying to help in that respect. Israel has also called out people saying you need to go south because this is a war zone. Uh, But there's no way that Israel could continue its attacks on Hamas without also having civilian casualties because, sadly, Hamas and the civilian population are entwined like a bowl of spaghetti. Cameron Stewart is the Australian's chief international correspondent. Thanks for joining us on The Front. You can read all our coverage of this conflict and the rest of the world's news right now at theaustralian.com.au. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt, and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free, and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth, and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.